Hey, welcome to episode 62 of the Hockey Free For All. I am your host, Steven Stiles, and we're just burning through the offseason in the summer, and the NHL is doing its best to determine that it won't be a boring summer in any way. That being said, in some free agent news in Montreal, they have wrapped up all their remaining signings by signing forward Jesse Ulanen to a new one-year contract. And although that wraps up Montreal's existing player signings for the offseason, I really wonder how long that particular player will remain in Montreal. There's just something, I don't know if it's unsettling, just something that is not quite set in stone or what it is. I have a feeling he's going to be one of the younger prospects that are traded. I just don't see a spot for him to develop into what he can. And unfortunately, that might translate into him showing his talents elsewhere. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a chance in Montreal. Not to mention the fact I think he's too much alike other prospects that they have. And I'm primarily thinking of somebody such as Emil Heinemann. And Heinemann is bigger, stronger, I think has more potential upside. Is Yulanen probably that next Arturi Lekkonen type defensive player? Yes, he is. But I think Montreal is right now in a period of time that they have so much talent and so many prospects coming, somebody's going to get ran over, if you will. Somebody's not going to have the opportunity to get noticed. There's just going to be some players that are moved to other teams. More draft assets and capitals will be collected by Montreal. Ken Hughes seems to be a master at that, which we'll be getting more into. But regarding other player free agent moves, I think there's been a free agent signing that should really grab Montreal's attention. And that would be the new seven-year, $45 million contract that the Washington Capitals have presented to Tom Wilson and his agent. The reason I mention that and the importance of that is Tom Wilson to the Washington Capitals is exactly what Arbor Jack Eye is to the Montreal Canadiens. Not only is he an important piece, not only does he bring his physical game, but nobody attempts, let alone attacks, the talent on the Washington Capitals roster like Ovechkin, Backstrom, and other players because of Wilson's presence. And yes, Arbor Akjai already has received the title, the new sheriff, or the sheriff in town and things like that. But Arbor Jackai also, in addition to that physical element and don't screw with my teammates or you'll have to answer to me attitude, is he also has an amazing ability to play the game. He has a great first step, which we've already discussed. He has a very solid and cannon shot from the point. He plays very well in the transition game and is extremely fluid. That's not the definition of your traditional enforcer. That's the definition of a unique player who brings a unique skill set that an organization needs. There isn't a team in the league who wouldn't want Tom Wilson or Arbor Jacki on their roster. And if they say they don't, either they're really confident in what they already have on the team, or they're just saying, well, you know, that would mean somebody on my team I'd be wishing that they got traded, so I, you know, don't want to say that publicly. Players like Wilson and Jacki are invaluable and are far from what the NHL used to refer to such players as goons. I don't think even players like Stu Grimson, Chris Nyland, Lyle Odell appreciated those kinds of titles, and there's no doubt that Tom Wilson and Arbor Jacki wouldn't either. 
Like I said, Jack Eye is an excellent skater, has a tremendous first step, can get involved in the play, can do something that's been a real challenge in Montreal, and that's actually clear out the front of his net so a goaltender can A, actually see the puck, and doesn't get ran over and buried like so many goaltenders in recent Montreal history has. Which, let's be honest, that is the reason that Carey Price's career was shortened. He got ran into and nailed by Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers and was never the same afterwards. So Jack Eye is a very, very necessary component. And I'm making this point regarding him and Tom Wilson because I hope that Montreal will not only see the fact that Jack Eye needs to play his entire career career in Montreal because of the value he brings to the team, but will offer him the proper compensation and not underestimate his value. He is as valuable as any other member on the Montreal roster. And if anyone either currently enjoys watching Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Raphael Harvey-Pennard, soon to be the newly acquired Alex Newhook, other prospects coming along such as Owen Beck, Emil Heineman, Riley Kidney, Philip Massard, Joshua Roy, Adam Ingstrom, Lane Hudson. You're going to be very happy that Arbor Jacki is on that roster. He has a lot of players to look after. He has a lot of players to ensure the fact that oppositions do not take cheap shots at those other very skilled players who are not as physically gifted as a Arbor Jacki or Tom Wilson are. No one would want to see any of those players' careers cut short because of lack of protection. Just think back to players like Mats Naslin and Saku Koivu and how appreciative they must have been to have players like Chris Nyland and Larry Robinson there to defend them when necessary so nobody started just taking cheap shots and random hits on those players because, well, they're too good, we have to take them out of the game. That's not any type of professionalism to display in anything, let alone pro sports. That's why you need a balancing factor in the case of someone like a Wilson or a Jack guy to ensure those types of things do not get out of hand. Now, on to a topic that remains very hot for some reason in Montreal, and that is the future of the right side of the Canadians' defense. Apparently, there's like this significant concern, for lack of a better term, that the Canadians are very thin and are in desperate need of more talent on the right-hand side. I'm missing something. They already have Jonathan Kovacevic. They already have David Savard. They already have Chris Weidman. Now, before anybody is going to say, no, I don't think Chris Weidman is a first or second level right-handed defenseman. Can certainly play third pairing. I don't foresee that to be a problem. But they also already have prospects Logan Mylou. They also have Jordan Harris and Jaden Struble, who can both play left, their natural position, and right defense. They also have Matthias Norlander, who can play his natural left and right defense. They have Justin Baran, who was on the team last year. Did he play at and come in with the same enthusiastic response that people gave to Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, Jordan Harris? 
No, but he's learning. He's a 22-year-old kid, and he needs minutes in order to improve. The days of just a younger player, well, you know, we're only going to play him one every five games, or we're going to sit him in the press box for prolonged periods of time. No, they're over. You can't do that. First of all, with the way the collective bargaining agreement is set up, you don't have exclusivity to your players as long as you once did. So there better be a way to integrate those players into the roster and get them comfortable and at their maximum performance as quickly as possible. Whether some people think that's unfair or not right, unfortunately, it's the dynamics of the league today and there's not anything anybody's going to do about it. You know, the only way to even begin to address that is returning the NHL entry draft to a 20-year age minimal in order to be drafted and no longer drafting players at 18. That is the first move that would have to have and I'll bet the NHL is not even going to try that. That'll get turned over in a court of law probably very quickly as it will be viewed as unfair, as it will be viewed as discriminatory and all kinds of other issues. So that isn't happening anytime soon. But the amount of players that I just mentioned that are capable of playing right and lefty more than provide Montreal with enough talent on the right-handed side of the defense. And I didn't even mention David Reinbacher, who they just drafted this year. Now, personally, I really hope they send David Reinbacher back to Austria, let him play in the Swiss League, let him finish school. Get all of that out of the way. With his condition that it was announced that he has, hopefully that will pass as he grows into his frame, which in a lot of cases that does, and that will be behind him as well. There's absolutely no reason to put him on the ice this year in Montreal. He doesn't even need the pressure of being in the veil and under the spotlight and camera and everything else that goes along with that. Just leave him in Austria and let him develop. I personally would have done the same thing with Yerai Slavkowski last year. I've said that on previous episodes. They didn't. But again, because of the coach that Montreal has and Martin St. Louis, I believe he was able to impart knowledge and experience and information on Slavkowski that nobody else would have. So I also see why Montreal played him in Montreal on the roster last year. Back to the defense, I didn't even mention people like Daniel Sobolev, Dmitry Kostitsin. They're natural right-handed talent that Montreal already has in their pipeline. So I'm at a loss to understand, oh my God, there's such a lack of talent on the right-hand side of the defense. I'm not seeing it. Montreal has a tremendous amount of talent within the organization in virtually now all positions. The prospects that Montreal have are not the same across the board either. In the case of Daniel Sobolev, he's a physical stay-at-home defenseman that can pinch along the quarters and, if you will, rub players out very, very effectively. He's six foot one, 217 pounds, so he's definitely got the physical frame. Kostenko, on the other hand, has exceptional offensive skills, a very good rushing defenseman. He reminds many people at a minimum as a poor man's Andre Markov for all the people that loved Markov has those kinds of offensive instincts. He's a very good skater. He's very good in the transition game. He knows when to move. He knows where his other players are on the ice and gets the puck to the teammates in opportune spots and times. 
He's very effective offensively. Yes, he is more of an offensive defenseman than a defensive defenseman. However, if you pair him with the right type of defensive partner, who's a defensive partner, well, one can play to the other one's strength. One can cover up the other one's weaknesses. Been a concept for a long time. Not any kind of new thought there at all. There's been teams doing that for years and decades to maximize the talent of players on their rosters. Kostenko also has a great first step, can create separation and space and distance between himself and the opposition, allowing him A, both to continue to move up the ice very fluidly into the play, creating the offense, and getting the puck to his teammates like I mentioned earlier. So he's a very well-rounded defensive prospect. Now, the one thing he will definitely need to do before he gets to the NHL to be able to play long term is he will need to be able to put on a little bit more weight and muscle as he's not the heaviest guy. But other than that, he's got the agility, he's got the offense, and he sees the ice really well. In today's world, I guess, has what they call a high hockey IQ. And let's not forget about another player and normally in the current draft that just takes place everybody's like yeah we're not going to count anybody like that those players were just drafted there was a lot of speculation and conjecture as to why montreal selected the defenseman i'm going to mention from russia with a fourth round pick everybody thought there was talent much closer at home in canada or in the united states but montreal selected russian defenseman bogdan Kanshikov from the khl who has excelled at every level he's ever played He was also 20 years old. He's two years further ahead age-wise than a lot of other players, which puts him closer to being able to actually be ready to play. I'm not saying he is ready to jump into the NHL right now, but his age is two years beyond where most players that were drafted this year were 18. He's 20. He has tremendous offensive talent, and like I said, has excelled at every level from the first level playing as a kid and probably the equivalent of what we would call the Bantam Leagues, right up to the team he played for last year in the KHL. This kid's got talent, and obviously Montreal saw something. Montreal's management and scouting staff seem to be very, very in tune with everything that they do, in which they have a plan for. Nothing is just random and unplanned. Montreal seems to have a plan and thought behind everything everything that they do and there's been no reason to doubt any Montreal draft picks or any trades roster movements or anything that Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes have done to this point so again I really question why this has been such a hot topic of oh my god Montreal's got to fix the right side of their defense this is just wrong this is going to be their downfall this is going to be their obvious weak side or weak point that everybody else will expose and take advantage of I'm not seeing it Montreal is not lacking talent on the right side of the defense and just in case anybody does want to sit there and go, oh, I don't think that was a really good draft pick. Well, let's go back to the 2018 NHL draft for a second. When Montreal selected a defenseman in the second round with the 38th pick overall that a lot of the experts and people in the know and everything else that goes with that said, oh, no, no, he's going to be a fifth round pick at best, probably a sixth or seventh round pick. And that defenseman was Alexander Romanoff turned out to be really, really good. 
So good, in fact, was used as a trading chip to acquire the 13th pick overall in the 2022 entry draft from the New York Islanders, which was sent to the Chicago Blackhawks that has now netted you center Kirby Doc that everybody seems really happy with. So it's really hard to understand the doubting everybody has. Oh, I don't think Ken Hughes knew what he was doing this time around, or I think Ken Hughes is going to get the short end of this stick. I don't think so. I think he's exceptional at what he does, and he has made another bunch of moves that are going to just blow people's minds and cause some really wide eyes out there and continue to place and put together the right roster for a very long-term success. In other player news, in case anybody has missed it, Alex Newhook has received his jersey number now that he'll have for the Montreal Canadiens, and that number will be 15, which officially closes the door on anything remaining regarding Yaspiri Kakanyemi, which is probably a good thing. I wish Kakanyemi a lot of luck in Carolina. I hope he fits into that system better, but I am really looking forward to Alex Newhook and seeing what he can do, as I believe he will be the right winger on the Nick Suzuki Cole Caulfield line. I know he's a center. Right now, I believe the top three centers in Montreal will be Suzuki at number one, Doc at number two, and Monaghan at number three, which leaves a lot of people fighting for that fourth center spot, but that's how competitive it's become. As little as three years ago, Montreal had virtually no centers in their organization. Now they have an absolute abundance to the point in which they have natural centers playing winger positions on other lines. And that's only a benefit. That way, if your starting center for some reason gets thrown out of a faceoff, you always have a backup. Who's another center and doesn't have to try to win the faceoff will actually have a better than average chance of winning the faceoff. But I said from the moment they acquired Alex Newhook, I think he has skills and speed that are going to mesh very, very very well with Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Whether he wants to be a winger or not, honestly, only the player would know that, but I don't think he'll have a problem playing with that kind of talent as his center and left wing, getting fantastic statistics and creating just a solid line that Montreal has not seen the talent level of in quite a long time. On that note, that wraps up episode 62 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Thanks again for tuning in.